Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have a Bible today, I want to turn your attention to just one scripture, and I'm going to read a few more before I'm done, but I want to read one scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. This is what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. It says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. This morning, for just a few moments, I want to talk to you on this subject. Wind talkers. Wind talkers. Can we pray right now? God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for what we feel in this room. God, your presence has been here from the very first note, on the very first song, the very first moment. God, we are so happy to be in this place. We're so excited to be here. But God, we know that you did not prepare this place just so we could enjoy company and fellowship. But you want to speak a word into our spirits in this assembly. And so, God, I pray today that you would prepare our hearts for your word. Let us not be hearers only, but doers also. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Would you put your hands together and give God a shout of praise as you're seated in Jesus' name. First of all, let me uh, start this sermon by saying happy Memorial Day. And, you know, Memorial Day is one of those weird days where it's hard to, you know, who, who do we say that to? Happy Memorial Day, because it's not really happy. Memorial Day is reflective. It's not, a, it's not like Christmas or Fourth of July. Or, it's, Memorial Day is a day of memorial. It's a day of reflection. As we look back on those men and women who gave their life for this country's freedom. The freedom that we all experience right now to be in this room all together, no restrictions on size of crowd, no restrictions on what we have to wear or not wear, no restrictions on what I can say or not say, no restrictions at all. We are free to worship how we want to worship, no restriction on song style or dress code, no restriction on what we want to believe or what we choose not to believe. So that is our freedom today. And there's freedoms that we all partake in on a day-to-day basis that we really don't understand because we've always lived with it, so we don't know life without it. If you were to go today to a third world country or maybe visit a socialistic country or a a communist country, you would understand the freedoms that we have because you would see how people are controlled 
by what they do, what they say, where they gather, who they can gather with, how things are done. It's a different setting than we have today. And that spirit has tried to take over our world on numerous occasions. And the spirit, the men and women of America, have stood in the gap on several occasions and fought for freedom. And if they had not, if they did not, what would this country look like today? If those men and women had not stood in the gap and fought against tyranny, what would we be doing today? What language would we even be speaking right now? And you may say, well, whatever, you know, wars are wars and men fight for money or whatever it may be. And you can have your opinion on that if you want to. Here's what I know. I know this, that evil men exist in this world. Evil men exist. And evil does exist. There, there is a spirit in this world that wants to destroy freedoms. And that spirit wants to destroy freedoms for one specific purpose. One. Call it what you want. It can, it can hide itself behind, it can hide itself behind uh, health care. It can hide itself behind finances. It can hide itself behind many different avenues. But there is one cause, and that is the freedom to believe in Jesus Christ. You may think I'm crazy, but I'm not. There is one system in play, and that system would desire to take away the freedom of belief. This country is founded upon a system of belief. There are people that wanted to believe a different way. There are people that wanted to live an unfettered life. And so we established this country. There are many other reasons, and we can go back in history, and we can talk about all the ins and outs and all the little particulars, and I, I know a lot of that, and I understand a lot of that. But at the end of the day, we celebrate our freedom but our freedom has to be celebrated with a memorial concept of men and women that died to give it to us. And that is what today is about, Memorial Day. And there's a, a small section that I would like to memorialize today in my message. In World War II, U.S. Army had a unique problem. The unique problem they had is that many, many of the Japanese had already been schooled in America. There were thousands of Japanese students that left America, left schools, and went back to Japan to fight against America. Because of that, there was very difficult to have uh, a code that could not be broken in the English language. So the military decided to employ a tactic that they actually started in World War I, but we don't know about it very much. You see, in World War I, the Cherokee and Choctaw nations, these are First Nation peoples, Cherokee, Choctaw, Lakota, Meswaki, and the Mohawk, the Comanche, the Tinglet, the Hopi, the Cree, the Crow, these tribes had languages that no person outside of those tribes understood. And in World War II, 
that tactic was visited again through a tribe known as the Navajo. 500 Navajo men were employed and entered into the U.S. Army under great scrutiny, under great racism. They, they fought to even be in the U.S. Army. But they were proud to serve their country, and many of them, a life in the Marine Corps was way better than life on the reservation. They joined the Marine Corps, and they became what is known as code talkers. The Navajo speak in a language that has an an encryption that the U.S. military used to describe different articles. So while the Japanese were waiting to hear English voices on the radio, they would hear one Navajo talking to another Navajo. There were many English language that the Navajo had no word for. So they would translate it as best they could. One of those was the word submarine. There's no word in the Navajo language for submarine. So they translated it as an iron fish. When there were Japanese radio men who were captured and interrogated, this is what they said. They said, listening to the Navajo speak was like listening to the wind. It was not understandable. And so a few years ago, a movie was made about the code name for the code talkers. It was called Wind Talkers. Because Japanese could not decipher that code. It still to this day is an unbroken code. And the reason it's so undecipherable is because it's just humans talking to humans. There is no data. There is no line drawn. It's just one human talking to another human in a way that only those two people could understand. The Japanese gave them the nickname of wind talkers. Talking, listening to them was like listening to the wind. No way to understand it. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes to us and tells us how difficult it is to talk to the wind or listen to the wind. When he said that he that observeth the wind shall not sow. And me and you both know what it's like to be our own weatherman and try to decipher the wind. You see, I'm talking to people today that are just like the Navajo or just like the Japanese listening to the Navajo. You're trying to decipher something have zero chance of deciphering. So many people are trying to decipher the wind and you cannot understand what the wind is doing. I'm a golfer. I'm not very good, but I love to golf. And the wind is really crazy when you golf. If you golf on a windy day, you got a problem. Because the wind changes. And I don't know, I've golfed a lot with, with, with Brother Steve 
Eberhardt sitting here. He, he whoops up on me all the time. I've gone a lot with Pastor John sitting here. And, and they'll tell you, no doubt, you'll get up on a tee box to, to hit your ball, and you'll wait a few seconds for the wind to stop blowing because the wind will be blowing. Wait, you know, just wait for the wind to die down, and it'll die down, and you'll be right about here in your backswing, and here comes the wind again. But in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to wait for the wind to stop before I hit this ball. But the wind has a mind of its own. And for me to think that I can determine when the wind will stop and when the wind will blow was silly to even begin with, but I felt like I wasn't going to hit this ball until the wind was just right. And I thought in my mind I could decipher when the wind was going to let up or when the wind was going to blow. And as hilarious as that is on a golf course, because the wind can hurt you or help you. On one hole, the wind is in your face and it's hurting you. But if you take a turn on the next hole, the wind is behind you and it's helping you. But to be able to decipher that, to determine it, to know exactly when the wind, this is what Solomon is saying to us. He's saying that if you want to observe the wind, then get ready to never get anything done. He that observeth the wind never lets the seed go from his hand. Can I preach here for a little while? He that says, you know what? I don't feel like it today will never do it. He that says, you know what? I don't, I don't believe that they really love me. Then they, you'll never know if they really love you. He that says, you know what, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to be my own weatherman today and I'm going to look at what the weather's doing and I'll determine if I'm going to get all in or if I'm going to stay all out. I'll just see what everything's happening. Solomon said, listen, be careful of those people because they'll never put a seed in the ground if they keep looking at the conditions of the wind. Can I preach to somebody right now? You need to get your eyes off the conditions and get your eyes on the creator and say, I don't care what the conditions are. I plan to sow. I don't care what the conditions may be. I plan to sow. I don't feel like it, but I'm going anyway. I don't have it, but I'm giving anyway. I don't feel like it today, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm not worried about conditions. If you observe the clouds, you shall not reap. We got too many wind talkers in here today. You keep talking to the wind. You keep thinking you can decipher what the wind is going to do. Don't you know the wind will change on you in a minute? They'll love you today and hate you tomorrow. You'll be popular today and be a nobody tomorrow. Don't you know the wind is shifting? Don't you know the wind is shifting? You'll be thinking, oh, the wind's helping me. The wind's helping me. The wind's helping me. But take one wrong turn, and now the wind is hurting me. Now the wind is against me. But I don't observe the wind. My eyes are not on the wind. I'm not... No, 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 no. I made up my mind a long time ago. I, Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what the wind's doing. Let the wind blow. Let the storm come. I made up my mind. 
I've already made my decision. I don't care what the wind. I'm not waking up in the morning and looking at the weatherman saying, what am I going to wear? How am I going to look? Who am I going to love? Am I going to serve? Am I going to live for God today? No, I made up my mind a long time ago. No matter what the weather's doing, no matter what the wind or the clouds or the rain do, my foot is on a solid rock and I got a made up mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you keep looking at the wind, you'll quit. If you keep looking at the wind, you'll quit. Here's, here's what I saw. Listen, the Lord gave me this just a couple weeks ago because um, just a couple weeks ago, I just had a, I had a moment. I snapped. I did. I snapped about two, about two Mondays ago. I just snapped. I came to this building. So many, so many things needed to be done. I'm I'm literally fighting, fighting on like 17 fronts, I feel like. And so I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this guy and this guy, and I got this guy over here, and then I got the whole other building. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm just stressed to no end. And I know there's so many things that need to be done. So I get up on Monday, and instead of getting here at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to give him a little time. I'm going to wait a little while. I'm going to rest this morning. I told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm not doing anything today. I said, I said, I'm going to sit right here in this chair. I'm going to do my devotions. I'm going to get on. I'm going to be able. I'm just going to do what I do. I'm going to sit right here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not, I'm not jumping out of this house like I've been doing for the last month. Giving up and going. I'm just going to sit right here. I'm going to enjoy my morning. I'm going to drink me a cup of coffee. I'm going to sit my happy tail right here. So I sat there till about 10 o'clock. I said, you know what? At 10 o'clock, this will be some things happening to get done. I got up, got dressed. Went, went, got in my truck, drove over here to the church, walked in the church. There was two people here working. Two people. Little guy over here painting over here. Somebody painting over here. I'm walking through the building. I'm like, where's everybody at? I, I know they need to be here. I know they need to be here. Look at that. They got to fix that. Where they at? It's a beautiful Monday. Ain't nobody painting nothing. And, and then to top it all off, I pulled up, and the church was like a, a National Guard armory. I don't know what color they was trying to get together. John Boat Green. I'm like, this can't be right. And it's, it, just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. All of these things just came down on me. And, and I got on my phone, and I put some people in that little text message, the people who are important, the people who call the shots. And I put some people in that text message, and I typed it out. And I was, I'll probably put dents in my phone. I was. <laughs> and then I deleted it. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> and you know what? Brother Q, it didn't help me. I typed that again. <laughs> uh. I deleted that one. Took a deep breath, went over here to the student center, got, climbed up the steps and just sat on the steps by myself. Felt like I was in high school again, just sat on the steps. I said, Lord, I'm really frustrated about things that I got no control over. I can't control these people. So I typed out another text. And then I sent that text to Amanda. And I said, is this okay? <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Got to check it, check it, double check it, have your wife check it. 
make sure I'm not going to offend anybody. I don't want nobody to quit now. So she said, yes, this, this, this is good. This is to the point. It's, you know, it's, it's kind. So I sent that text. And I got a phone call. said, hey, I'm going to be there in an hour. Just stay there. I'm coming to you. He came and explained what was going on, what was happening, calmed me down. But all in that whole time, that, that was about two Mondays ago, in that whole time, I just, I just had a, I just had a, you know, sometimes it takes a break to get a breakthrough. You know, we keep singing about breakthrough and preaching about breakthrough, but you know the key word is break, right? The key word to a breakthrough is you got to break. And as long as you're willing to bend, you ain't, no, you ain't never going to get through. But if you're willing to break, ain't nobody want to preach with me. But I just had a breaking moment. I just, I just had it. And so I just had a breaking moment. And in that moment, in that breaking moment, I really got some clarity. And the clarity was this. There ain't a person on this planet that can stop Troop Chapel. From being in this building, when God says it's time to be in that building. And I just had a moment of peace. I said, you know what? It's going to be all right. And if we in here next Sunday, it'll be great. But if we in there, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll do live. We'll meet on the field. We do what we got to do. But there ain't a devil in hell. There ain't a pen somewhere that can write a note. There ain't a man on this planet that can stop God's people from doing what God wants them to do. And he didn't bring us this far to just give us up, turn us around, and take his hand of favor off of us. I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to shut my mouth and let you do it. But I came in here on that Monday, and I was looking at the wind. I wanted to see people working. I wanted to see things being done. I wanted to see paintbrushes flying. I wanted to see people putting stuff in and I didn't see what I wanted to see and it got to me and I realized I'm a wind talker. I'm trying to decipher what's really going on when really the whole time God said I'm the one in control. And so I said, Lord, whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it because I'm just trying over here. I'm trying so hard to fight a battle that ain't even mine. I'm trying so hard to win a race that I'm not even really in. I'm trying so hard to control people that I cannot control. And so, Lord, you do what you're going to do. I'm just going to stay faithful and be here when I need to be here. And when they call me and say, you can be in the building, I'm going to call them and tell them we can be in the building and by God we're going to be in the building but how many of us do it every day we wake up in the morning and he ain't right so we ain't right we get up and she ain't right so we ain't right we get on Instagram and we see them and they not doing right and so we ain't right we don't we check the Facebook post. We check our emails before we ever read a scripture, before we ever talk to God. We're looking at all the wind, and the wind is crazy, and the wind is tumultuous. But we have to be able to say, Lord, I don't care where the wind is blowing. I know that you have a plan for my life. And so whatever you want to do, I'm along for the ride. And here's what I had a vision of. I had a vision of a farmer. See, I know what a farmer looks like. My, 
my grandfather and my grandmother were sharecroppers in North Carolina. And my grandmother, the old house she used to live in, she lived in a sharecropper's home in the middle of a tobacco field. Tobacco in one season, corn in the next. And she lived in the middle of a tobacco field. My wife and my children have been there to that little cinder block. It's still there, a little cinder block house. People still living in it. little cinder block house. And as far as you can see around you in all directions, there's nothing but tobacco. Now it's soybean today. Soybean, nothing but soybean. And I remember what they used to look like. I remember my grandmother having her garden. And I remember going out there seeing the rows and little tiny sprigs coming up. And so I understand that farmer. And here, here's what I had a vision of. I had a vision of a farmer getting up in the morning, getting dressed, putting his little farm hat on, getting himself ready. And I, I had a vision of him putting a satchel on, on, his, on his side. And in that satchel, there's seed, good seed, seed that has promise in it, seed that has protection in it, seed that has generations in it, seed that has sustainability in it. In this, in this satchel is the seed of life. And, and he has to, if he wants to have a future, he has to get this seed in the ground. And I, and I see this farmer, and he's already in his home. he got his boots on, and he's looking good. He's got his satchel on, got his hat right. And, and I see him go to the front door, and I see him open the front door to that. And, and in my mind, it's the front door to that little cinder block house that my grandmother lived in and that I used to visit all my childhood years. And Visit and opening that door and out in front of him, he sees what my grandmother would have seen every morning, tobacco or corn or soybean as far as the eye can see. And he looks out on the field and the field is ripe and ready. But instead of going out, he looks up. And he has everything he needs Everything, he, he has soil, ground, opportunity, and seed. But instead of going out, he just looks up. And the wind isn't blowing exactly like it should. And so he closes the door and slides back into his house. Finds a comfortable place on the couch takes that satchel off with all that seed, all that hope, all that future, all that destiny in it. He takes that satchel off and he sets it on the table. And he goes about his business and he gets him a cup of coffee and he makes him some eggs and bacon and he kind of hangs out. And Every once in a while, he'll, he'll, he'll go get his hat and put his satchel back on and he'll go back out to the front door and there's nothing out there but opportunity and availability and soil and ground. But he looks up. Conditions aren't perfect. Boom. So he slams the door again. Conditions aren't perfect. And he puts that satchel down again. And over and over and over and every day and every night. And then it gets so late in the evening that he's like, I ain't going to worry about it no more. It's too late now. Why would I sow now? Too late. I'm getting tired. I've been been in here all day. I've been sweeping these floors. And, And here's what I see. Brother Crow, I see his house is immaculate and it's all clean and perfect and it's all good, but there's nothing in the ground. And, and, and he's, finding, he's finding little things to do in his house, but there's nothing in the ground. He's finding little things to fix, little, little cracks to fix, and he's getting everything smoothed out. And this is what I hear when I hear people tell me, well, I'm getting everything right, Pastor, and then I'm going to do something for God. 
I'm getting, I'm getting my career worked out, then I'm going to do something for God. I'm getting, I'm getting my family worked out, then I'm going to do something for God. You know what, I got to get right, you know. You know and I, still, I still smoke a little bit, and so and, and, and until I can stop that, I'm, 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 I'm not going to try to do anything for God. And, then, and, and, and you know, I, I still slip up and cuss every now and again, but, you know, when, when I get that right, then I'm, gonna, then I'm really going to do something. And, you know, I, I really haven't been able to really fully commit. And, you know, you know Pastor, I ain't really paying tithe right now. I, I mean, I do a little every now and again. But, you know, when I get the good job and I know I got a steady income, then I'll. You keep working on that house if you want to. But there's promise sitting on the table. And there's a field ready to sow. And all God needs is somebody that will walk out of the house. And it don't matter if the wind's blowing or the rain's falling. But they just got, I got to get some seed in the ground today. I got to do something for the Lord. I, I got to get some seed in the ground. And he said, why are you doing this? Abraham's name was Abram. And, and Israel's name was Jacob. But Isaac's name was always Isaac. Ever wonder about that? Ever wonder why God changed Abraham's name? Ever wonder why God changed Jacob's name, but he never changed Isaac's name? Isaac was Isaac in the beginning, and he was Isaac when he died. He, God never changed his name. I believe I know why. I believe I know why, because you go back and you look at Isaac's life. God told Isaac. God told Abraham, said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham said, I don't like your timing. I'm going to jump my own timing. And had a wild man. And God told Jacob, Jacob, I'm going to, you are the promised son. But, 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 but Jacob got out of God's timing and stole the birthright. Anybody want to talk back to me? And so God had to change their name. But he told Isaac, he said, Isaac, I want you to sow in the desert. You read the Bible. They were laughing at Isaac because he was sowing in the desert. They said, this man is crazy. He's out there sowing seed in a desert place. But they didn't know that God had told him to sow there. And if Isaac would have been worried about the conditions, if Isaac would have looked at the... Ain't nobody want to talk back to the preacher. The building must be too nice. Them seats must be too comfortable. Isaac knew this is probably the wrong place to sow, but this is the place that God told me to sow. So Isaac sowed in the desert. Isaac sowed in the desert. And when he sowed in the desert, the Bible says they were, they were, their minds were blown because all of a sudden in a desert place, there grew an oasis. In a desert place, things begin to grow. And anybody else that would have looked around, they would have never put seed in the ground there. But Isaac had a word and God never changed Isaac's name because when God gave Isaac a thing to do, Isaac did it and he didn't look around. When God told Isaac, here's the door, Isaac never tried to kick the door open. He just waited for God to open it. And he sold until he sold in the desert. When God told Abraham, Abraham, here's the door, Abraham picked the lot with Hagar. When God told, when God told Jacob, Jacob, you're the man, he picked the lot with a bowl of beans. But when God told Isaac, you're the man, Isaac just waited for the door to open and he just sowed in the desert place. I'm just sowing. Well, you ought to watch the wind. No, I'm just sowing. Listen, it, this is the wrong place. I'm just sowing. But do, do you understand that seed's going to die in the ground? No, 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 because God told me to sow right here. He said, this was the place of my promise. God said, this is the place, Isaac. This is the place. You sow right here. 
coming to a close. Music can come and give them some hope. We've gone, we've gone long today. I just want you to know that we've gone really long today. We took our time today. I want to read for you just a few scriptures, beginning in Genesis 1. In the beginning, somebody say, this is how it started. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Somebody say, it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. It was without form. It wasn't ready. God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament. In the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Somebody say, he's working on it. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and gathered together the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit of his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind and tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Somebody say, he's working on it. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven and divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them for, be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Somebody say, he's working on it. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and fowl that may fly above the earth and the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas. Let the fowl multiply the earth and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Somebody say, he's working on it. God said, let, let, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man. If God would have made man in verse 3, we'd be dead. He just said, let us make man. In verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, we wouldn't have made it. If God would have said, let us make man, in verse 10, there's no way. God said, let us make man, in verse 22, we'd have been underwater. But at the right time, when conditions were perfect, he had done all this work. He got everything ready in verse 26. It took him 26 verses to get to us. Here's what I want to preach to you today, and I'm, I'm almost done. Don't step out at verse 25. 
Too many people walking away at verse 24. It must not be for me. Can't find my place. I'm leaving. Too many people stepping out at verse 23. Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like I belong here. You know, I don't, I don't know if God really called me. I don't know if God really put a word in my heart. I, I, I just, I'm, you know what? I'm stepping out. You keep looking around and you feel like you have no place, but verse 26 ain't here yet. My God, who am I preaching to this morning? People keep looking around. But the time ain't right yet. When the time is right, there ain't a devil in hell that can stop you. When the time is right. When the time is right. When the time is right. This is what the Lord kept telling me two Mondays ago. When the time is right. When the time is right. When the time is right. Don't you quit at verse 25. Don't you do it because verse 26 is coming. And in verse 26, I'm going to make you in my own image and everything is going to be all right. But if you step out of this thing too early, you'll never see it come to fruition. If you keep looking around at what he said, what they said, what she said, how it made you feel. If you keep looking around at all this, you'll never put any seed in the ground. But when the time is right, when the time is right, there's a season to sow. And when the time is right, it doesn't matter what the wind is doing. It doesn't matter what the rain is doing. It doesn't matter what the clouds are doing. Verse 26 is on the way. Verse 26 is on the way. And it's time to sow. Don't step out now. God had to create lights. He had to create stars. He had to create whales and creatures. Here's what he told his disciples. He said, I go. Oh, don't go. No, I go to prepare. I go to prepare. I'm leaving you. But don't worry, I'm going to leave my comforter with you. I'm leaving you with the best babysitter in the celestial plan. I'm going to leave you with the, with the best babysitter the world has ever known. But I got to go to prepare because it ain't ready yet. It ain't ready yet. But Lord, we've been in captivity for 450 years. I know, but it ain't ready yet. It ain't ready yet. you just been learning. What have we been learning? How to build. How to sow. How to reap. You've been learning how to make silver. You've been learning how to make things out of gold. You've been learning how to make bricks. Because there's a, there's a place that you're going to. And you're going to need to know all these things. So not right now. You're preparing. How would God be so rude to make a cow before he made me? Because he knew I was going to need the cow. How would God be so rude to make a tomato before he made me? Because he knew I was going to need tomatoes. <laughs> How would God be so rude as to make a head of cabbage before he made me? I said, you're going to need cabbage. You're going to need everything that I'm putting here. You're going to need. So hold your horses. And stop.
stop looking around. Stop trying to be your own weatherman. Stop trying to listen in on my conversation about you. (laughs) Stop trying to eavesdrop on my plan for you. Because you will mess up and hear the wrong thing. And you'll be so lost, nobody ever be able to find you. What you need to do is learn how to trust my timing. Oh, we, we, we trust God. Oh, no, Pastor, I trust God. Yeah, you trust him. You trust him. You trust his healing. You trust his hand. You, you trust that he's able. You have faith that God can do it. You trust everything about God. But you know what you don't trust? You don't trust God's timing. You know why I know you don't trust God's timing? Because you keep saying, oh, he's going to be on time. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. God been late all the time. Matter of fact, it is God's modus operandi to show up fashionably late. It's his mode of operation to show up late. If you don't believe it, ask Mary and Martha. Lord, you're late. (laughs) He stinketh by now. Lord, you're late. That's why I got Abraham in trouble. Because God was late. That's what got Jacob in trouble. Because God was late. It's what caused Saul to lose his entire kingdom. Because Samuel was late. It's what caused David to fall into sin because God was late. And you need to know that God is like a woman getting ready for a party. If she says 30 minutes, prepare for an hour and a half. Is he going to be late? He's going to be late. And if you get busy Instead of watching the wind now, here's what we do. We watch the clock. Oh, he didn't do it. All right, let's go. <laughs> if, you'd have been, if you'd have been watching the clock, you'd have left at verse 25. You'd have never been there for verse 26 when he made us in his image. Male and female made he him. God blessed them. And God said unto them, verse 20. You see, if you miss verse 26... You'll miss verse 27. So God made him in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. If you miss 26, you miss 27. If you miss 27, you miss 28. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the power of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I give you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that I made before you. You see it? Everything that I made before you was for you. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish I could stop, but I can't. 
Everything that I put before you was for you. I wasn't putting you off. I was holding you up. I wasn't delayed. I was working. I was not preoccupied. I was preparing. I heard your prayer. It just wasn't time to answer it yet. I heard your cry. But the tears fell on deaf ears because it wasn't your season. I heard you and you said, God, why? But I couldn't answer you because if I told you then, you wouldn't believe me now. I was there when I saw it. And I know you may have been angry that all those things got done before you. But everything before you was for you. Listen, I might be preaching to somebody here today, but I'm preaching to myself most of all. Court, you got to hear this word today. Everything that happened before you was for you. God wasn't preoccupied. He wasn't wondering what was happening. He wasn't lost. You were stressed. He wasn't stressed. He had it all in his plan. And everything he made before you was for you. I really don't know where to go from here, so this altar is open. This altar is open for someone who may feel like God. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.